praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to, I love his holy name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to, I love to praise his holy name. He's my rock, he's my my rock, my rock, my soul and shit. Oh, he's the will. He's the I know in the middle of the wheel, I know he'll never, no, he'll never, he'll never let me down. He's just a joy. You know that I have found, well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing, I love to praise his holy. Well, now he's my rock, he's my rock. My rock, my rock, my soul. Oh, and he's the wheel. I know in the middle of the wheel. I know he'll never, never, never let me down. He's just a joke. You know that I have found well. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I love the praises. I'm singing, I love to pray. I'm singing, I love to pray. I'm singing, I love to praise his Holy name. Let us remain standing yes, yes. as together we quote the core value for this particular month dealing with new self honesty. Yes, yes. New self honesty. Repeat after me new self honesty. The honesty, the honesty and truthfulness with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. In, my single, in my single most important relationship, most important relationship. With, God, with God, which affects, which affects my, relationships my relationships with Jesus, with Jesus my, father, my Father, my mother, my, mother, my, spouse, my spouse, my children, my and my brothers and sisters, in that order, you may be seated in the presence of our God. Once again, we have become the express recipients of another manifestation of his marvelous grace. We certainly need to give him all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. He's a good God. 
He's been better to us than we've ever dared to be to ourselves. And if you're visiting with us, no strangers in the house, just friends whom we have not met. We too concur with those who have gone before me. We are thankful to God for the ordination of Brother Riley as an elder in this congregation and the ordination of Brother Ruth, who will be a deacon in this congregation after our second service today. Certainly these men have, have worked diligently and faithfully with humility and love as they have served the Lord by serving this church and serving this community. And we give God all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. Matthew chapter 28, the text that Anthony read so wonderfully in your hearing. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. This is the bread and butter text for those of us who are members of the body of Christ. We know this text by heart. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then Jesus said, and lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Today I want to speak simply from the subject, <clears throat> the Great Commission. Because this, this particular week we're emphasizing evangelism. But I want us to consider the circumstances around the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The resurrection was surrounded by calamity, calmness, confirmation. But it was also surrounded by conspiracy, corruption, and a cover-up. But I heard somebody say, truth crushed to the ground will rise again. No lie can live forever. And as we peruse this particular pericope, I see some principles in this text that are tailored to teach us. I see, first of all, in this particular text, I see a great calamity in verses 1 through 4. Before we even get to the Great Commission, I see a great calamity. We see the women at the tomb. And before we get to our text, we see Mary Magdalene. And we see the other Mary coming to the tomb of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the women in the church. You can depend on women to show up and show out when nobody else will. You can depend on women to support the work of the Lord when no one else will. Thank God for all the sisters in the church. However, according to Luke chapter 24 and about verse number 1, when they came to the tomb, they were not coming to the tomb to witness the resurrection of Jesus, but the Bible says they were bringing spices which they had prepared. The Bible says they brought spices. And if you know anything about New Testament historicity, you know that spice was a perfume that was used to displace the smell 
of a decaying corpse. So they were not coming to necessarily witness the resurrection. They were coming because Jesus was dead. And they were expecting him to stay dead. So they were not coming with an expectation of the resurrection. If they had come with that expectation, they would not have been bringing spices. They would have brought pancakes. They would have brought some sausages. They would have brought a change of clothes. And not only do I see the women at the tomb, but I want you to notice there is a wonder at the tomb. The Bible says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. It should not amaze us that God would use an earthquake to announce the resurrection of his son. I mean, didn't God use an earthquake at the crucifixion of his son to announce the death of his son? You Bible readers remember that the son became black as sackcloth of hair. The moon turned red and began to drip with embarrassment. The stars went on strike and fell from their celestial socket. And the mountains began to roll and skip like a drunken man on a Saturday night. And the grave began to spit up the dead. Didn't God use an earthquake? at the prison in Macedonia while Paul and Silas were incarcerated for preaching the gospel. And God used an earthquake to announce the Macedonian call while Paul and Silas, the Bible said, they were praying and praising God. And the Bible says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands was loose. Didn't Jesus announce at the prophecy concerning the destruction of Jerusalem that an earthquake would precede his second coming? As a matter of fact, he said various earthquakes would take place before his second coming. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 7 and 8, the Bible says, For nation shall rise against nation. We will continue to have wars until Jesus come back. He said there will be kingdoms against kingdoms. There should be famine and pestilence. And watch this, and earthquakes in divers of various places. And then he said, all these are the beginning of sorrow. Did we not just witness two earthquakes in Puerto Rico? Earthquakes are God's way of announcing himself. Earthquakes are God's way of getting our attention. He announced his son by an earthquake after he died, and he announced his son again by an earthquake after he arose from the dead. Sometimes God has to shake things up around us so he can get our attention. Sometimes God has to shake us up so he can get what's in us out of us. Sometimes God got to shake up our marriages. He's got to shake up our jobs. He'll even shake up 
our health. He'll shake up our wealth so he can get our attention. So sometimes God has to shake up what's around us so he can get to what's inside of us. And not only do we see the women at the tomb and the wonder at the tomb, but then when they get to the tomb, there is a witness at the tomb. For the Bible says an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and he was sitting upon the stone. And the Bible says his countenance, his face was like lightning and his raiment, his clothing was white as snow. God has always used angelic messengers to announce something important because the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 7 that his angels are ministering spirits. But I want you to notice the Bible points out that the stone is rolled away from the door. But the stone is not rolled away because it had to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away because God wanted the world to look in the tomb and come to the realization that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive forevermore. But not only do I see a great calamity, but behind a great calamity, there is a great calmness. I want you to notice the fear of the watchers here is very concerning. That is the fear of the God. See, when you don't know God, you will be filled with fright. For the Bible says the keepers, that is the guards, they did shake and they became as dead men when they saw the angel at the tomb. But I want you to notice not only the fear of the watchers that is concerning but the fear of the women, it is calm. For they were told by the angels, he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. And then he commissioned those women to go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you, but behind the great calamity and the great calmness, there is a great confirmation because the women are mesmerized with joy. For the Bible says they departed quickly from the sepulcher. Watch this, with fear. Fear here does not mean they were afraid Fear here means they were filled with awe. Because anytime you're in the presence of God and you begin to experience the wonders of God, it ought to fill you with reverence. It ought to fill you with a holy respect. But not only did they have fear, but they had great joy. And when we come in the presence of God to worship God, there ought to be some joy in our hearts. And the Bible says they did run to bring his disciples the word. But not only are the women mesmerized with joy, I want you to know the women met 
Jesus. They are met by Jesus as they are on their way to tell the disciples that Jesus is resurrected. And the Bible says Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus says, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there they shall see me. The resurrection was confirmed by these women. The resurrection was confirmed by an angel. The resurrection was confirmed even by unbelievers who were guarding the tomb of Jesus. And Paul himself said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and about verses 5 through 8, that Jesus, when he was resurrected, he was seen of Cephas. He was seen of the twelve. He was seen uh, by as many as 500 brothers. And then he says, last of all, he was seen of me also as one who was born out of due season. The resurrection is not only confirmed by the apostles, is not only confirmed by the angels, is not only confirmed by the women who were at the tomb, is not only confirmed by the guards who were at the tomb, but the resurrection is also confirmed by you and me because I know deep in my heart he's alive and he's well and I'm able to do what I'm doing because we serve a resurrected Lord and Savior. But not only is there great calamity, great calmness, and great confirmation, but then I want you to know, my friends, there was a great conspiracy. The Bible points out in verse 11 that they consulted together. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch, that is the guards who had been guarding the tomb, they went into the city and they began to talk to the chief priests, the religious community. They began to share with them all the things that they had witnessed at the tomb of Jesus. And not only did they consult together, but then the chief priests and the guards began to counsel together. In verse 12, and when they were assembled with the elders, the religious leaders, and had taken counsel, watch how the enemy works. They gave large sums of money unto the soldiers. They were paying them to lie. When are we going to learn that money is the root of all evil? The love of money. And not only did they consult together, not only did they counsel together, they were corrupted together. Verse 13 says, they told the guards to say, say his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And just like the enemy lied then, the enemy is lying now. And the enemy wants you to think that God is not alive, but he is dead. But I dropped by to tell somebody that the devil is a liar. They were dishonest with God. 
They were dishonest with the Holy Ghost. They were dishonest with themselves. They were dishonest with others. They were disingenuous. They were liars. They were deceivers. They did not care about the truth. But I dropped by to tell you again that truth crushed to the ground will live again and will rise again because no lies can live forever. And so behind this great conspiracy, in verse 14, I see a great cover-up. They conspired together. Look at verse 14. And if this comes to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure him. We want to make sure that Pilate don't hear about this. So notice what they did. So they took the money and did as they were taught. They lied on the Lord. They lied about the Lord for a few dollars. And we have folk in religiosity today lying about the Lord and lying on the Lord. After the great calamity, after the great calmness, after the great confirmation, after the great conspiracy and the great cover-up, I want you to notice that Jesus makes a great claim. In verse 16, the disciples waited for him. For the Bible says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. You know what we are doing in church today? We are just like these disciples in the mountain waiting for Jesus to show up. And all we are doing right now on this mount, metaphorically speaking, we are worshiping the Lord. We are worshiping God through the Lord. And we are waiting for that grand day when Jesus comes riding on the cloud with his holy angels taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. On that day, he's going to take us on to glory. And just like the disciples waited on him, we're in the mountain waiting for him to show up. But in verse 17, they waited. But when he showed up, the disciples worshiped him. And when you come to church, that's when the Lord shows up and shows out. And we should worship him. We have to clear our minds of all of our concerns. We have to clear our minds of all of our doubts, all of our worries. And for just an hour, we can exalt the Lord. We can worship the Lord. We don't have to worry about anything because right now we are in the presence of glory. But even though they waited for him, even though they worshiped him, we still had some disciples who wondered about him. For the book said, but some doubted. And I just believe that this is probably talking about Thomas. Because you know in John's account, when the Lord shows up, for whatever reason, Thomas was not there. And Thomas had some doubts about the Lord. And I'm looking at some folk now, saved as you are, you have doubts. 
you have concerns, you have worries. And when Jesus showed up eight days later and Thomas was able to put his fingers in the nail print, he said, I believe. And the Lord said, Thomas, because you've seen, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. I have not seen him with my physical eyes. But I've seen what he can do in the lives of others. And I've seen what he has done in my personal life. I've seen folk on their sick bed when the doctor has given up. And he shows up in the midnight hour and he heals them and confounds the doctor. I've seen folk who were about to lose their house. And at the last moment, he shows up and he bails them out. Mama said he might not come when you want him but he's always on time. So not only did they wait, not only did they worship, not only did they wonder, but then the disciples witnessed his claim. They witnessed his decoration. The Bible says in verse 18, Jesus came and he spake unto them saying, all exousias, all power. That's why in the church, I'm so glad I got some great elders. Church, y'all got great elders. Hallelujah. We got great deacons. We don't spend our time fussing over who's in charge. I work with them. They work with me. I don't work on them. They don't work on me. We work together for the betterment of the Lord. And we share constructive criticism with one another. There are no big eyes and little weaves. We understand we are all the leaders of God. No, so why should we worry about power anyway? Jesus has all exousias, all authority, all power. So if he's got it all, you know how much I have? None. All power, watch this, is given unto me in heaven and in earth as a result of his faithfulness to his father. He dotted all the I's. He crossed all the T's. He took our place on the cross. When he was resurrected, the father said, son, you're my right hand man. I'm giving all things to you. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 24, when Jesus comes back, he's going to, to deliver unto the Father the kingdom without spot or wrinkle and any such thing. And he will give it all back to the Father. And the Father will be all in all. Now I'm getting to my text as I close. After the great calamity, after the great calmness, after the great confirmation, after the great conspiracy, the great cover-up, and the great claim, now we get the great commission. And it's called co-mission. Mission and the word co means that we are partners with God in this mission. 
Because this mission is not just the preacher's mission. It's not just the elder's mission. It's not just the deacon's mission. This is a co-mission because we cooperate and we are co-workers and co-laborers with God. And so this is the mission of the whole church. Go ye therefore. He commands us. Go ye means go me. Yesterday when we giving out food, Brother Gross came to me and said, a woman said, what must I do to be a member of this church? He was commissioned to carry out the mission of the church. He didn't have to call on the preacher. It's his responsibility to know what the mission of the church is and to share that mission with someone who wants to be a part of the family of God. And then he not only commands them, he commissions them. Go ye therefore, watch this, teach all nations. And I've told you all before that word nation is the word ethnos. The word nation means all nations consist of different ethnicities. It's our responsibility to not just preach to black folk, not just to white folk, but we've got to preach to all folks. He said, teach all nations. And then when you teach them, the first teaching gets folk in Christ. They need to know that Jesus died for them on Calvary's cross, but he didn't stay dead. But he got up early Sunday morning with all power in the palm of his hand saying, can't no grave hold me down. Had a 40-day meeting with his disciples, stepped on a cloud, went on back to glory. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And now he's still working because he makes intercessions for you and for me. Teach all nations. Get them in Christ. All you need to know to be saved today is that God loves you. His son died for you. He was resurrected. He's coming back again. He set up his church. And if you want to be saved, then you've got to do what the text says. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things. And here comes the second teaching, whatsoever I command you. The, the second teaching keeps you in Christ. The first teaching gets you in. The second teaching keeps you in. Teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And then he gives them comfort. He not only commands them, he not only commissions them, then he comforts them. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Great Commission, it ought to be called the Great Comfort.
to know that I'm not in this thing by myself, but I've got the Lord with me. He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Who wouldn't want to be a part of this today? My friend, if you don't know Jesus and the pardon of your sins, I encourage you to come and be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And be a child of God. You've allowed the vicissitudes of life to cause you to doubt the power and the authority of your God. If you need prayer, whatever you're going through, bring it to the Lord, and we will pray on your behalf. If you feel subject to heaven's invitation, we encourage you to come as together we stand and as we sing. Come and go to that land, come and go to that land, come and go to that land, where I'm bound, where I'm bound, why don't you come and go to that land, come and go to that land, come and go to that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound. No more crying in that land. No more crying in that land. No more crying in that land. Where I'm bound, where I'm bound. No more crying in that land. No more crying in that land. No more crying in that land. Where I'm bound, where I'm bound. No more pain in that land. No more pain in that land. No more pain in that land. Where I'm bound, where I'm bound. There's no more pain in that land, no more pain in that land, there no more pain in that land, where I'm bound, where I'm bound, there'll be no dying in that land, no more dying in that land, there's no more dying in 